Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. You're tuning in to the Job Library series, which is a bingeable collection of interviews with professionals from a vast variety of industries to help you gain the exposure and the insider info you need to find a career path you'll love. If you're excited to live vicariously through people with super cool jobs, including the one I'm featuring today, then you're in the right place. If you're looking for step-by-step guidance on how you could identify your unique calling and actually land a job that pays you to fulfill it, then you're going to have a blast scrolling through the nearly 50 other episodes of Answer the Call waiting for you below this series. In today's episode, you'll be hearing from Shruti Parker, a full-time blogger and influencer here in Austin, Texas. I mean it when I say this, she's been my favorite blogger I follow since I heard about her over a year ago, and I have a strong suspicion she'll hold the same place in your heart if you haven't already followed her on her blog, thehonesttruth.com, or over on Instagram, also at thehonesttruth. That's S-H-R-U-T-H, by the way. (laughs) But in our conversation, you'll hear Shruti stay true to her moniker by sharing honestly about her four-year journey of blogging and what each step was like over the three years it took to build the honest truth into a fully-fledged venture. You'll also hear both of us mention the odd jobs we took until our businesses got off the ground and how the humble hustle is completely worth it. In addition, she shares about the reality of what it truly takes to build a blog into a sustainable, full-time career as an influencer. And she does speak candidly on how she did that and what was great and what was hard and what she encourages all aspiring entrepreneurs to do if you're serious about building your own brand and business, whatever that is. I know that you'll also love hearing about her incredible partnership with her husband, both in life and how he supports her in business, as well as Shruti's beautiful description of the purpose of work, which my cat so rudely interrupted by meowing directly into the mic at the end of the episode. But you're not going to want to miss a single minute of this conversation with Shruti. Enjoy. Shruti, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here virtually. <laughs> oh, trust me. I am thrilled you're here. And I'm very excited for you to break down the much seen, maybe lesser known of the reality of the whole world of blogging and influencing. Yeah. So I'm very excited to have you break that down and what your experience has been like. Mm-hmm. And I know I essentially just answered this question for you, but if you could kick off by saying, what do you do? I guess in your own words, yeah. what are you all about? And if I could round out with a third question, just <laughs> stacking them all on there, what's a career dream of yours, big or small? Okay. So, hey guys, my name is Shruti Parker. I am a full-time blogger and influencer. Uh, my brand is The Honest Truth because I love a good pun. <laughs> um yeah, so I write and create content around certain subjects. Um, you would probably put me in the lifestyle niche, but I write about motherhood, marriage, local food, travel, ethical style, um, which would encompass like fair trade and clean beauty and sustainable fashion, and then um, faith. And so those, that's kind of you know all the different parts of my lifestyle blog. 
what was the second question? Ooh, what are you all about? Uh, what am I all about? Yeah. Well, I think I kind of shared part, like I shared what my blog is about. What I'm about probably is bringing a lens to life um, that maybe most people don't look through. So that would be through the lens of a woman, of a married woman, a mom, a an entrepreneur, um, and a, and I don't. <laughs> Words are so hard sometimes. <laughs> right. Oh, don't um, worry. I feel you. <laughs> an immigrant. Yeah. Um, I was not born in the USA, but I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> as a Texan, and yeah, just several different lenses that I bring to the table and want to share with people so that they can build on empathy. They can, you know, be curious about other cultures and just learn. I think the best way to teach people is to just speak from experience and not even teach like, oh, I'm teaching you a lesson, but just teaching about other things. Like if I can't take you with me to another country to learn about it, you would want to learn about it from that person. Right. So, um, kind of like that. And then the third question is a career dream. Okay. I actually would love to launch a fashion line and it's not just my dream. My husband would love to do this as well. And we talk about it all the time. Um, yes. Oh, I'd be here yeah. for it. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. We would love to do that together. It, it wouldn't be like, we really can't stand like trendy, trendy things mm-hmm. and fast fashion. And we're just like, okay, cool. Like I love seeing someone who has their own signature style. And like, when I go to a store, I can look at a piece and be, be like, oh, that is so, you know, Tully, or that is so Melinda, like my friends who have very unique style. And so we'd, we'd want to create a brand that would be, that would encompass my husband and my style. Ooh, okay. What would you say that style is merging both of y'all's together? Mm-hmm. Would you already say it's similar or would it be like a big fusion of two very different things? I think it would, it's pretty similar. Actually, I would say we're pretty, um, like we love a good solid with a burst of color. Um, we love mixing cultures for sure. So he likes like very, some very simple chic, Texan pieces, like good leather, you know, things like that. And then I love a good silk from India. And so trying to figure out how we can merge the two and create like a really beautiful piece of fashion. But that is a dream that we have. And I don't know if it will ever actually happen. So we'll see. (laughs) Oh, I trust it will. I feel, I mean, just from looking in from the outside, it seems like you're a woman that once you set your mind to something, and faithfully, like, if it's the Lord's will, it's going to happen. So yeah, we'll see. that is the thing. If it's his will, it will happen. And I do believe he creates each of us to be creative in some way or another. And so trying to be like, okay, how do you want us to be creative? What gifts have you given us? And trying to really like wait and then tap into that. So we'll mm. see. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's what this podcast is all about. So I'm excited <laughs> for your example in that. Um, also little side note can you just tell us a little bit about your husband because I'm I just love seeing y'all's partnership and how you seem like the perfect combo and even he's a mega carnivore and you're a vegetarian (laughs) and how you're different but yet so complimentary um yeah I would definitely say that and he says it often like our biggest strength is how different we are and so he on paper it 
I would never have like picked him on paper just because he was so foreign to me, right? Like he was like this fifth generation Texan. He likes to hunt. He likes barbecue. He likes, you know, golf. Like he like explained to me what a fraternity was like very <laughs> so different to me. And um, I remember one time, here's a good example. He was like, oh yeah, um, we were texting or talking, you know how they have that face. Talking. talking. <laughs> and um, he's like, yeah, my family and I are going to the Cape next week. And I was like, you're going to South Africa? Like, <laughs> I thought it was Cape Town. And he's like, no, um, Cape Cod. And I was like, what is that? I don't know what that is. And it was the funniest thing because to him, he, he thought that was like a kind of like bougie, like, oh, I'm going to the Cape. And I was like, uh, if you're not going to South Africa, I could care less. So <laughs> You're like, I have a higher standard. I'm an international lady, you know? <laughs> yes. So I think really what brings us together is our faith, like for sure, 100%. That's what we talked about from the very beginning. We both had um, pursued people that may have looked better for us on paper and then I think we both were burned and realized we were putting way too much criteria on what kind of person God wanted us to be with. And funny enough, our hearts were both in the same place of, okay, the next person I date, I just want them to love Jesus so much. Mm-hmm. And when we like met each other, he will say this. And at first people get taken aback, but he's like, I don't even think we were attracted to each other. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's like, I mean, like, I thought you were like pretty, but I, you know, like now I think you're like super hot. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, as long as you got there. Cool. Well, (laughs) same with me too, because I had never dated somebody who was like, honestly, like so white. So so, white. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it really was the Lord just being like, um, I love your color and I love your y'all's cultures, but that's not the most important thing. Mm -hmm. When when you're looking for someone, you want to find someone who loves me the most. And so that's kind of what happened. Absolutely. And this is a perfect plug for people to go over to your Instagram and <laughs> go into your um, your series on love that you post oh, pretty regularly thanks. on. That's been so impactful to me and such a beautiful picture of what um, true godly love, especially in a husband and wife partnership, really looks like. Love y'all's example there. Oh, thank you. He is definitely my muse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that, well, just from following you that y'all met in college. So I'd love to ask, mm-hmm. where did you go to college? What did you study? And yeah. when did you graduate? Um, so I studied film. He studied architecture. We went to UT Austin, Hook of Horns. Oh, and we graduated. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. I'll allow it. Please go on. You, <laughs> as long as you're not a Baylor bear, those are the worst. Um, <laughs> the worst. No, we could so unite worst. against them. Yeah, That's for cool. sure. Every time I drive through Waco, I'm like, ew. ew. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I graduated in 2014. So what post-grad jobs have you held since uh, yeah. graduating um, college? So right out of college, I worked for a software firm downtown in Austin and I helped with their marketing. So I ran their digital marketing and, um, or I didn't start off running it. I started off as like a marketing assistant. And then by the time I ended my time there, I did, I was their digital marketing associate. And um, let's see, after that, I accepted a job as a consultant 
with Accenture, but it was a contract position. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. put on, like, I wasn't a salaried um, employee because I was doing this while I moved abroad at the same time to London. And so I accepted a contract position that if a project opened up in London, then I would be put on it. Um, and then of course I was never actually put on a project. I, my, my start date was pushed three times. And oh. so <laughs> at that point I was like, crap, when I moved back to the U S my, I'm going to have a huge gap in my resume of a year. And so I started volunteering there and teaching English to, um, refugee women from Africa and, uh, started my blog as well. And then we moved back to the States. My husband was finishing up his thesis because he did architecture, but he also did plan two, which is like another program at UT. And um, he was getting his like, he, he did so much school. Like we technically, like I said, yeah. 2014 is when we graduated, but he actually like turned in his thesis 20. 20- 17 oh bless him oh yeah i just got like a pain in my stomach yeah i've heard architecture is very rigorous like almost three almost three majors and then he had two minors so (gasps) it was he was insane but um while he was finishing up his thesis we had a break of six months where we didn't know where we would be and so i we both took up some odd jobs like uber driving um wedding planning selling things on eBay, <laughs> trying to, you know, be like, make, honestly make ends meet and just live mm-hmm. really humbly until he landed his like big boy job post grad. Cause he did the architecture grad degree thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my blog started taking off as well. So it, well, but I also was doing, um, social media consulting. And so that was just another thing on, yeah, the, on the it, docket. When you're trying to like create a side hustle, it really is like you have to just also pay rent and you just have to like, you know, you just have to do I cleaned houses. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I did social media consulting and then also career coaching. There you go. Exactly. So I think just being able to be flexible is a skill in itself. And then whenever you are starting to make more steady income through what you work so hard to create, you look back at those odd jobs kind of fondly and like, yeah, cool. I'm glad I did that. Same, same. If I'm being honest, I think I selected the whole cleaning houses thing because I thought it would make a really good, almost like rap-esque moment where it's like started from the bottom. You know, I was cleaning (laughs) toilets and look at me now. Plus also just, this is a tip. That is a really good job to have just as an odd job because you could get paid like 25 bucks an hour, super flexible, get in with an Airbnb, when people are actually uh, traveling and then it's pretty steady so that was a pro tip uh, but I could nice. definitely relate to you in having the odd jobs how long was it from start to I guess flourishing full-time blog oh uh, let's see hmm. summer 2016 is when I started regularly blogging and full-time blogging was probably 20 19 summer so three years and I guess take us a little bit into that journey what that was Mm -hmm. like ups downs what you learned what made it take off yeah um okay so I'll start with the ups I don't think that I ever really 
expected this to be my job. And I think because of that, I was really free from the beginning with the way I created content. I just didn't really care or follow any bloggers actually myself, which I, I didn't even know there was a blogging world. Like I literally was just writing articles, posting them to my website and then linking them on my Instagram. And that's it. Like not even aware that this was a, a thing. Occasionally I would get likes from, um, people that I didn't recognize and then started getting more and more followers. And then I was like, Oh, okay. I don't know if I like this. These aren't just like my college and whatever friends, like these are random people. And I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever, if they like this photo of the London bridge, like whatever, you know, and <laughs> feel just, free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So started blogging. I think I left London with like 20, thousand followers or something like that oh. so like yeah it was like a year that's of, pretty decent what did you yeah. start with oh like my regular instagram so mm. i don't know like one or two one or two thousand followers wow was it 20 maybe it was to like me, 18 but yeah that's a lot of headway in a year it was a lot and i think truly it's because we traveled like at least once a month to a different country and mm. i posted travel guides like just did a lot of content and I got a ton of followers specifically from the UK and India. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just had a blast with it. And I was getting like free product at this point, <gasps> right? Like product trades. I remember my first yeah. product, my first partnership was a phone case partnership. Um, Pinku, P-I-N-K-U. I think it's a Korean based um, iPhone case company. And I had like the iPhone six or something. <laughs> and I just remember being so overjoyed by this partnership. And like, I took all these high res images for them. And like, I gave this case to my aunt because, uh, I, it was like so special to me. And I was like, this is my first, whatever. Um, it's just fun to like, look back on things like that. And then we moved back to the States and I had to shift my content because it wasn't so heavily travel based anymore. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking of, um, I started at this point engaging in platforms that were paying. And so there are a bunch of platforms out there that you can apply for campaigns and get paid, um, depending on your engagement and follower count. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing like a bunch of small ones like that and exploring Austin. And then it hit me that there's a whole blogging sphere here in Austin that I just I was not aware of it is like massive <laughs> whoa massive um i mean there are a lot of bloggers in london too but it wasn't as clicky over there and it's pretty mm -hmm. clicky over here and it was way more diverse over there i'm supposed to say the positive things okay positive <laughs> things um, <laughs> um what are they dang it <laughs> that second year was pretty rough because to like a lot of people look at you as a threat sometimes when you enter uh, a new sphere. And um, I remember just trying to make a priority of taking a blogger out to coffee a week, pretty much. And, oh, wow. um, you know, it's like basic networking in that when you ask someone to take them to coffee, you pay for their coffee, you respect their time. And they, because they've said yes to you, you should feel free to ask some questions. But what I started noticing is I asked questions like, oh, do you do all your campaigns from platforms or something? And they'd just be like, no. And like nothing else. And I was like, yeah. oh, 
okay, strange. Like you guys are being like really protective of your information. And so then my thing is if you don't want to share, don't, don't accept people's invitations. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, that was negative again. Okay. I, I just feel like I'm giving you a, re- a realistic perspective. How about Which that? I appreciate a lot. Because okay. if it's the realistic perspective, then that's what's going to be really helpful for those listening who might still be holding on to quite a few misconceptions about what it's really like to be an influencer or a gotcha. blogger and think yeah. it's just, you know, all butterflies and rainbows, which mm. certainly I'm sure that you have no, plenty of the not. perks to talk about. But oh, yeah. a job is a job and you really can't escape that no matter no. what profession you're in. So, okay, networking is huge. And that's what I really focused on when I this, in the second year. But I also did a ton of reading. Like, um, I can't remember the book, but it talks about how maybe it's literally called 10,000 hours, but it's oh, yeah. like, right. And it's I've like, you, need, you should put in 10,000 hours before you're, um, an expert in something. But I think our culture, especially honestly, American culture and, mm-hmm. um, millennials are just like, give it to me now. Like I want right mashed now. <laughs> I mean, we have instant mashed potatoes. How insane is that? Like freaking get the elbow grease and like mash up your potatoes and like make it, you know? Yeah. It's like powdered um, eggs. How gross. Oh, so gross. So many like people want shortcuts. And I just, my husband was so good about telling me, he's like, what is going to set us apart is by doing our research and like mm-hmm. learning and creating spreadsheets and um, discovering patterns. And so I've read, I read so much online. I'm talking like article after article after article, getting like 10 opinions on cameras or, oh, should I do um, these hashtags or should I do a loop giveaway or should I do this or that? Just like I did my own research and Mm -hmm. came to my own conclusions and I've hustled on my own thoughts. And that's something that I tell people all the time when they ask me like, what like, what is a secret of your success? I'm like, it's not a secret, but mm. I would say work hard. Like, yes, don't be that kid who just always gets a participation trophy. Like actually like hustle and try <laughs> to get an A on this subject. <laughs> so Absolutely. Just as if you were in your job at, well, let's say yes. if you were actually staff, staffed on a project at Accenture, you would have a performance report that you would yeah. want to do well for. So yeah, that's a whole thing that I've had to learn as well. You really have to be your own boss. And I know that that's just a slogan, but to truly embody that and to work at it and show up for your own office hours is so important. And I also fell into that pitfall, honestly, of believing the lie that there was a secret to success. And I think that some marketers or business coaches would like to make you believe that there's a secret. Truly, you can think logically, you could test things out, but just pick a strategy and then go for it. Yeah. Work hard and be the hare or be the tortoise, not the hare. And exactly. That's what I found will really work. That's <laughs> so wise. I'm with you on that. Yeah, that's wise and it's true. And you never stop, right? Like Mm-mm. even um I was talking to a friend of mine, her name is uh Dre, and she's a social media coach. And we talk a lot about just like every now and then we'll talk about social media content. Um, but she put out this course called hashtag hacks and I, I like purchased it and I was, um, learning about hashtags a while ago and I still refreshed on it. Like I refreshed on it even a week ago and my like gender reveal post, for example, I researched every single one of those hashtags so carefully and got almost 10,000 impressions additionally 
just from hashtags. And so all of that though is public information. Like it yes. is on the internet. So my thing is the second year was really an, it encompassed how much we worked hard and researched and networked and sent people thank you notes and um, reached out to PR companies and tried to like schmooze them, you know, like mm -hmm. it's so much about what you do that'll set you apart. And then the third year was um, pretty much that again on repeat, but maybe on steroids as well. Like, <laughs> but on steroids <laughs> the third year was probably the hardest year because i think really? at some point people are like the first year i didn't care right about mm -hmm. like this being a job the second year i was like this could be a job let me see and then the third year i was like okay this i'm so close to this so being close. full time yeah i was like if i can make more doing this than i did in my other jobs then i know that this is my job and i could have a child and like work from home like oh, yes. hit my boxes for myself um, and so there were a lot more emotions tied because you get way more invested into a dream mm -hmm. at that point. It's so uh, close to you could taste it. <laughs> yes, seriously, seriously. So that's where the steroids came in. Like I yeah. am just doing this on double. I'm going to make yeah. it happen. No, it was a lot. It was like, um, I think it was the first time my husband was like, okay, I think you need to rest. And I was like, you're right. Okay. Cool. And he's like okay. so involved in my business. I don't think people realize that, but he is very involved in like the best way. So it was also, helpful. And is he like, how does he support you? Yeah. You know? So he'll probably take care of half my emails. Whoa. Mm -hmm. He finds that really fun actually. God um, bless him. Yeah, I know. It's wild. He'll, is he um, out for hire? <laughs> he's so crazy. He like, manages so many people at his own job and yet for him like this like the honest truth he's like it's our company it's our dream that we oh. built together it's like our thing and he's like one day i'm gonna quit my job and just work for the honest truth <laughs> <laughs> that's so amazing it's really nice because you want that if you have a partner and you are an entrepreneur you want that person to really care about mm -hmm. what you do yeah so He'll do that. He'll make sure he does all my taxes. He like makes sure that I, um, if I forget an email, he'll like forward it to me and he, and put it back on like the top of my inbox or something. Oh my gosh. Wow. That yeah. is the sweetest. When my interns come over, he'll like, if he's working from home, he'll like stop into the office and he'll be like, Hey ladies, I'm going to make some coffee. Do you guys want some coffee? And they're just like, what? He's what? the office mom. He's so, uh, I just love him and I'm so thankful for him. Um, but yeah, he's super involved in a good way. And now here we are full-time blogging, which has its own new, has its newest levels of trial. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's something I had a hard time really believing as a really young entrepreneur when I started my business two years ago. I thought I was hearing more experienced entrepreneurs or established ones say, when you get bigger, it's just bigger problems mm. and, or new. You always have something new that yeah. you'll have to push through. And there's not so much of this I have arrived moment. That's a, a fallacy. Um, yeah, it and, is a fallacy for sure. But I've come to see that is true. So could you give a little bit more? For sure. On that? So like 
some of my biggest wins before I went full-time um, were we were invited to Saudi Arabia by the government mm. to be um, journalists and tourists. And we were like, I think I was probably the first Texan or like Indian woman or some something significant. They said that barely anyone had seen so much of the land that they'd um, cut wow. off from tourists. They've never, they've never had tourist visas before. What? And yeah. It was like a historical moment for <gasps> me, for the blog, for the world. Um, and then I also was able to host like my first big charity event where we raised thousands of dollars for um, three organizations that are close to my heart. And um, I was published in Austin Woman Magazine for the series that I wrote on stretch marks. And so like those were some of my biggest wins. But then just as with, you know, good things, there come hard things. And mm -hmm. I was realizing that um, blogging can be very tailored to a certain demographic. Mm -hmm. And um, it can be pretty hard to like feel seen as a woman of color, especially yeah. I've, I've been like, I've, I feel like sometimes I have to work twice as hard and like to be seen. Um, like I have always hired a professional to take my sponsored content um, or I'm upgrading my equipment so that like my intern or my husband can do it. And I see so much of the other of like, oh, I, I just took this on my iPhone and like, I just threw this up there, but we're still getting paid the same, even though mine mm -hmm. is like my content, I spent hours and like professional, like this is like an actual piece of art almost. And yeah, so, with an investment on your yeah. side for sure. Yeah, but the thing is like, if I want to be seen, I feel like I have to work twice as hard sometimes. And so that kind of, that's been a big, a bit of a struggle. And that's before all of this stuff going on in the news right yeah. now. Um, probably the next is like maintaining boundaries with friends who are in this sphere with me because they'll be like, how much are you getting paid for this? Or how much mm. is that? Or blah, 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 blah. And being like, when you're blogging, people can um, they get to know you. And so then they can start making assumptions. And sometimes you just want a friend in the sphere to be able to bounce things off of, but comparison can like, I've seen other bloggers just like green with envy or being like, you know, how much are you getting paid for this? And me not oh. realizing that that wasn't an appropriate question and giving them an answer oh, yeah. and them being like, wait, that's not what I'm getting paid. And suddenly I feel like crap about myself. And I'm like, no, I have a bigger following, a better engagement. I work really hard. Like, why am I being shamed into this? And so, cr yeah, creating boundaries. I've learned mm -hmm. that lesson big time. And then the third, um, probably biggest point here is, um, faith-based and it's trusting that the work I'm meant to receive will come my way because the world tells you something else, right? The world is yeah. like, go grab that piece of pie. And the thing you deserve that, it. Yeah. It's you get it girl. Like anything in my life that has been worth it and a true win has been 100% not my doing. Yeah. And so having to fight the world on like over and over and over and probably 99% of bloggers are not believers. I, it is, it's a dark sphere. Yeah. Truly. It is a dark sphere. So 
my faith has been tested. My friendships have been tested. And I've also had to just be like, the reality is I'm a woman of color. And a lot of these brands, their main demographic of who's buying their product are not women of color. And so they want to have people in their advertising as they, it's totally valid. They want people to represent their customer base, Mm -hmm. but that just sucks for me because I didn't get to choose this color either. Right. So it's like, and I am one of their customers, but I might be one of their one-off customers. And so that's just having to bring that to the Lord's feet too. And be like, I know you didn't make a mistake. I know you put me in this sphere, in this Mm -hmm. skin with these friends for a reason just control everything and direct me and like, let me not falter. I cannot, I cannot chance, like I cannot take the chance to not be faithful when Mm. the stakes are this high. Yes. Oh, and how close you keep that purpose to your heart and how focused you are on keeping Jesus as Lord of your career, of your life and I guess, dwelling in him to overcome these difficult things that I'm sorry you have to overcome. It's so clear in your presence and what you post, and it is such a ministry. And I can't tell you how many times it has felt like genuinely a complete breath of fresh air in what you write, because it does come across. It absolutely without a doubt comes across that you're not playing to anything. You're not playing to what you think someone wants to hear to um, get a certain sponsorship or whatever, appease someone. Um, Yet you bring people together with such sincerity all the same. And so I really appreciate the ministry that you hold and being such a light in the blogging sphere while still being in the world, but not of the world. I really appreciate that. Honestly, it's like, I'm probably going to write that out of what you just said and put it on my victory wall because I like need encouragement and it can, it can just get to you sometimes. Yeah. Well, everything I said, I believe with all that I've got and really it does, it does show so much. Really, you are a stark light where it is dark. Hey there, if you're listening to this episode right now, it's probably because you're somewhere in the range of mildly curious to hikey desperate to get out of analysis paralysis and into a job that will be an exciting and rewarding fit for you and your unique talents, values, and interests. Which, by the way, I'm here to help you do just that in record time. If we haven't met yet, I'm Kelsey Kemp, a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their unique calling and practically land a job that pays them to fulfill it so you could have an impactful and meaningful career. Trust me, I get it. Picking a singular career path out of the sea of options then making a potential industry pivot to get into that line of work can be insanely daunting. That's why I created the Deep Dive Career Coaching Program to walk you through nailing down each step from discerning your calling 
to finding the exact job title that aligns with it, then getting hired for that position with confidence and speed with me by your side as your personal career concierge from start to finish. This two month one-on-one career coaching program includes individual career coaching sessions with me, the library of guides and workbooks I've created for you to propel you further and faster to your goal between sessions, as well as unlimited support from me in between sessions to help you nail all the practicals like your networking messaging and strategy, your resume, your interviews and negotiations, which will save you a load of time, stress and dead end job applications. If all of that sounds like a dream to you, then I want to formally invite you to apply for my deep dive private career coaching program. Go to my website, kelseykemp.com slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit to help you work through your unique challenges and achieve your highest goals so you could fulfill the vision and hopes that God has put on your heart for your career. I only work with people who are ready to go deep, do the work, and actually make a change once the path is made clear to them. So if that sounds like you and you're ready to accelerate your path to building an impactful and meaningful career aligned with who God made you to be and what he put on your heart to do, then go to kelseykemp.com forward slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30-minute consultation with me this week to get started. Okay, now back to the episode. I know that we talked about quite a few misconceptions in what you were saying, but is there anything to add on what you feel people commonly hold as a misconception about blogging yeah. and influencing? Um, okay, so blogging is what you make it. I'm just going to f- first start with that. If you want to be genuinely authentic, even though that word is used way too much now, <laughs> You are. You just are at that point. Um, You're not going to be the person who's like, vulnerable post alert. Those get me. (laughs) I'm like, girl, there ain't nothing vulnerable about this if you're going to write vulnerable post alert. like, Or you're not going to preach on, or you're not going to write about like skincare and beauty when you're face tuning yourself. You know, or you're not going to talk about um, your relationship when you only talk about the best moments. Like you create what blogging is going to be for you. Um, I would say some of their misconceptions are not all bloggers are unhelpful. There are bloggers who are very kind and generous. Like one of my friends who was um, at the point I moved to Austin, she was the biggest Austin food blogger. I messaged her and I said, after having a horrible experience with another Austin food blogger, I messaged her very tentatively and was like, would you like to get coffee? And like, um, I'd love to get to know you. I just moved back from London. She like set up the coffee. She paid for the coffee. She invited me to South by Southwest, like all these different activations, like in that were that were happening in a few weeks she was my like allowed me to be her plus one to things like what just went so above and beyond that till this day if there's anything she ever needs i'm just like oh she needs it i'm like done like absolutely Mm -hmm. so i would say find the gems in your sphere because community is important Mm -hmm. um 
I think another misconception can be that it's easy. It is not easy if you want this to be your job. It's not. Um, Something that is a misconception, but also something that I think women kind of let happen is that um, they aren't paid as well. So a misconception would be the brand comes to you and and gives you a great salary or a great rate. But that's not true always. The brand will come to you with their rate of what they could give you minus X amount to, to bargain with you. Mm. And something that my husband really gets fired up about is he has noticed that women leave a lot of money on the table. Yeah. And he's like, never accept that first rate. I will never accept a contract until I've negotiated. But what women are doing is they're jumping the gun, they're accepting the contract, and then they're going back and saying, I would like to increase blah, blah, blah. At that point, the company is in its legal right to, right? You don't have any bargaining power if you've already accepted it, obviously. That's like going to a car dealership and being like, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm willing to do anything to make it work, but also can you shave off $3,000? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Kelsey, I cannot tell you how many women make this mistake in our sphere. Like, I am just like, I like hear story after story. I'm like, did you already accept the contract? Uh, yeah, no, like, but okay. To their credit, there are also brands that will shoot out an email to 20 different bloggers and say, give me your rate. And the blogger who comes in with the lowest rate that has good content is the one they'll pick. And so I understand that. I understand that where they're adjusting, but at some point you have to trust your value. And so mm-hmm. there's that. And then another misconception is that things like calculators online that say like social media engagement, calculator, whatever, those things, I don't ever use them like to calculate my rates. My rates are whatever the heck I yeah. say. And so if a brand is like, oh, that's like too high, but according to this calculator, you're this. And I'm like, that's great but I don't use that. But still. (laughs) Yeah. This is my value. This is what I've created. And so I just, I would love people who are trying to get into the sphere to like really work hard, do the research, read books, network, like believe in their value, negotiate, don't leave money on the table, and then also sharpen their skills. Um, Filters and apps can actually like they will take you so far, but you need to like learn technique. And um, probably the last thing would be that don't overthink it. A lot of people overthink their social media and they're like this one or this one. When in reality, we could care less. Like, they, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's a box. It's a little tiny little box. Like just pick what you the perspective. love. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> just like pick what you love. Like, If you love what you're doing, you're not going to burn out. (laughs) Oh, gosh, you're ministering to me right now. Thank you for this TED Talk. (laughs) I am curious about, and I'm sure everyone else is, what's your typical day in the life? Like, Mm -hmm. what are your hours and the tasks that you find yourself spending Mm -hmm. most of your time doing? So I had a really great routine before all of this craziness Mm -hmm. that we're in right now, where I had my interns coming several days a week between like these hours and these hours. And I had a nanny come for my daughter between these hours and these hours. 
and everything was organized. Mm-hmm. Things are like not organized anymore, right? Because <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we are both working from home full time while raising a child. So I would say instead of trying to figure out what I can accomplish in a week, which will make, or in a day, which will make me feel guilty as like both a mom and an entrepreneur, I just set a, I set a list of things I need to get done in the week. And then I just get those things done at some point. And then I also tell myself I have to take a Sabbath as well. And so like for this week, it was like about three photo shoots, one video shoot, two podcasts. And I need to write, like, I don't remember how many articles and I'll just look at my list on my phone and check them off as I go throughout the whole week. And hopefully by the end of the week, they're done. But that's just, that's just what it is. Like Mm -hmm. it is what it is. It's very not, there's no routine here. <laughs> yeah. And how much do you split between actually being in a photo shoot versus writing content yeah. versus engaging with your audience, being in DMs on stories? Yeah. Like how much do you? So, okay. The thing about an Instagram post is it's not just a upload, submit. It's editing the image It's researching hashtags, which takes about 20 to 30 minutes. It's writing the alt text. Mm -hmm. It is tagging the correct accounts and locations. It's reposting on Facebook. It's creating a pin for Pinterest. Um, And then it is engaging that first 30 minutes as vigorously as possible so that people will come back to your post and engage. Mm -hmm. It's responding to every single comment. And that is a lot to do every single time a little post a little square goes up on your grid that sounds like a full day or at least for me I'm like that sounds like a half day really for how many people comment on your post it's a lot and then you have to think about stories which is like one thing I'm not the biggest fan of because I don't like how like in real time it is um Mm -hmm. With a sponsored story, if you want your stories to do great, you always post your sponsored story first thing in the morning so that it's the first thing that people see when they go to your page. And then you also have to keep posting stories every single hour for the next almost 24 hours besides when you're sleeping. (laughs) So it's like... Like if I post a story first thing in the morning and then don't really do anything the rest of the day and then go back to my stories the next day, it will have maybe one third the amount of views that it could have had if I had, or one fourth the amount of views it could have had if I had kept up with engaging. So I really try to figure out what posts are worth sharing rather Mm -hmm. than listening to people say, you need to post seven days a week or six days or five days. I will happily post three days a week if I need to, because I know how much work goes into the follow-up there. Mm -hmm. To make it really worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a huge difference because you could just blast out stuff and hope it does well, but actually making it live on and do well, that's where the real investment is. And the hashtags, like those things are so necessary. People just put random things like they'll, like Christian blogger is a hashtag that is, um, blacklisted and so like oh. if you yeah it's like yeah so having to do research for every single hashtag to be like is this ha- is this hashtag shadow banned which is like the same thing as blacklisted 
-hmm. or is this going to reach people? Is it below 50,000? Is it below a hundred thousand posts mm -hmm. on it? Like it, there's so, there's so much into it. Into it. <laughs> so I would just say be so intentional. <laughs> so intentional. Goodness. Uh, so what are the highs and the lows? I think you gave a lot of great detail, which I really appreciate your honesty on the things that are tough, but also what do you really enjoy? Oh yeah, about your for job? sure. This is why I do my job. Um, the flexibility, because for me, it was never about family or job. It was both. I love working and being creative, but I love my daughter and like, we're having another, we're having a boy. Hey, so, congrats. Like, uh, thank you so much. So just being able to actually fulfill those um, parts of me is really, really, really special. Like no other job can I think of where I can have this much flexibility. Um, I love not having to get dressed up like <laughs> at all. I literally just put on makeup because I'm talking to you, yeah. but um, <laughs> unless I'm doing a photo shoot or a video or something like that, I am in PJs pretty much all day. Oh, um, sounds familiar. <laughs> Unless I have a, a call as well. I'm like, all right, I'll put on a top and some yes. mascara. Here we go. <laughs> um, I love the impact this job can make. I receive DMs from all over the world from people saying, hey, I just picked out a Bible for the first time. Where should I start reading? To, hey, I am in an interracial relationship and I'm really scared to introduce him to my mm -hmm. mom or dad. Or um, people saying, I've never tried Indian food before. Like, what do you recommend? Or um, someone saying like, you are um, an immigrant and I'm thinking of moving to the US. Like, how do they treat people of color over there? Just like the, the questions I get are so much more than uh, surface level, which I think is yeah. also a misconception of social media that it's so surface level. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. And so my DMs can get really deep and that in itself is a, it takes time and can be a job, but it, it is fulfilling to me to have these conversations with people from all around the world and be able to like pray with them, encourage them, talk to them, educate them, listen to them. It's, it's so cool. I love that. Whoa. Oh, that's amazing. I'm eager to hear if you were sitting down like to coffee with someone who is wanting to get wisdom from you and asking, should I go into this? Should I not? I have a blog. I'm thinking about investing and building it up and making it something like you have. What would you say they have to have in terms no. of qualities or strengths, what they have to like and what they just have to be okay with? Yeah, that's a great, those are great questions. Um, I can probably tell if someone's going to be successful blogging like within like 30 seconds because mm -hmm you have to be a walking brand. So if you are somebody who is, you have some pretty distinct characteristics, um, a distinct story or um, distinct skills, you'll do great. But the majority of this world are people who want to be like others and they mm -hmm. lose their individuality and they lose their creativity and they will not succeed in the sphere of blogging unless they're a fashion blogger. Because at that point you people like, like imitating at that point. Mm -hmm. And so I would say do fashion blogging, but if you don't bring it something different to the table, don't really pursue blogging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you have to have a, a point of view that your blog is centered around. And 
when you say blog, I'm kind of picturing, I'm sorry, can you hear my cat meowing? Yes! He's found me. <laughs> Constantine, please stop. Also, oh, I know I it's so name. obnoxious that I named him Constantine. No, I I'm love a big it. I love Anna it so Karenina much. fan, Russian <gasps> literature and whatnot. Oh my god, so cool. <laughs> wow, this, I, I'm so flattered that you uh, appreciate his obnoxious name as well. Um, what was I saying? Is this like mom brain? Your kid cries and it's just like you're done. (laughs) It is. It's so true because you're so like. (gasps) (laughs) Okay. Well, specifically, I was going to ask about is blogging more of, of course, it's like written long form content, uh, almost thought leadership, which is different than if you're just being catchy or maybe other things that could work in more short form, form content on Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Instagram is like made for pictures, right? So it's a visual platform. Um, The blogging would be like a mixture. It would be, you would have the visual part Mm. as well as the written part of the caption. And then you would also have your website. Yeah. I mean, I've actually typed in to Google like advice on certain things in Austin or even phases of life or relationship stuff and your blog has popped up. So that is thought leadership that you're going for advice, not just for entertainment as well. But back to the initial question. Yeah, I think that you talked about what do they have to have in terms of qualities, Mm -hmm. but what do they have to like and be okay with? Okay, so you have to be okay with people knowing more about you than you would normally let them know. Um, You have to be okay with odd hours. Mm. You have to be okay with working weekends. And maybe you're taking your Sabbath on a Wednesday or something. You have to be okay with people thinking they know you. And so they can often like bypass common courtesy and go straight for points, like just criticism or something. Um, You have to be okay with like idols and things coming up that you didn't even know you had, Mm. like comparison or vanity or like greed or whatever. Just like things that you're like, I don't really struggle with that boom, next day something happens and you're like, whoa, okay, Lord, I struggle with this. Um, Humbled, sitting down. Yes, you have to be okay with this because your boss at the end of the day is, if you're a believer, your boss is the Lord, right? And so Mm -hmm. you want to be able to go to heaven and you want to be able to hear him say like, well done, good and faithful servant. You don't want to care much about what some random person in... I don't know, Florida thinks about you because that person- It's always a Florida woman. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean though? Like we put so much emphasis, we can put emphasis on people of this world, but like they're not thinking about us that much. And so Mm -hmm. there's that. And then what you have to like, I would say you'd have to like being social. You'd have to like, yeah, that's like a huge one for me. Like being social. So like engaging back with people, meeting with people. Um, you'd have to like, unless you were creating like, um, like graphics and stuff, you'd have to mm-hmm. like being in front of the camera and yeah. get comfortable there because I hated it for the first year. I remember we'd travel and I would, my husband would be like, Oh, like, let me take this really gorgeous photo, blah, blah, like blah, blah. And I was like, no, no, just take the photo of the the thing. Like, I'll just take it up the of the building. Me. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, this is your blog. People also want to see you on there. Whew. So that was a thing I had to end up not just being okay with, but liking. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think you have to just like yourself, which sounds dumb kind of, but like, 
you are the powerhouse of your blog. And if you don't like who you are and what makes you tick, your blog will reflect that. Yeah. That makes you know? a lot of sense. Yeah. You That's should so really like who you are as a person. Yeah. Two last questions to round it out. One yeah, is if someone's getting to the end of this interview and thinking, okay, despite all that, but then also for all those good things that you mentioned, I think I want to go for it. Yeah. What do you suggest as first steps, just to baby steps to get started? Um, journaling for sure. So I would say like get a journal and write down any inspiration that comes into your head for a few weeks, like colors that you like, themes that you like, um, topics that you feel like you want to talk about, uh, images you want to capture. Just get all of those thoughts on paper and let it ruminate and let it cook because the best actions come from intention and conviction Mm -hmm. not from lack of thought Ooh, intention and conviction that is an instagram quote card for (laughs) sure also in on the journaling bit one little thing that really helped me from reading Marie Forleo's book, what everything is figure outable if you've heard of it, is if you just look at a blank sheet of paper and you're like, I don't know what I want. Am I supposed to ask myself, what do I want? What do I want this blog to be? Maybe it's helpful to just start it with, wouldn't it be cool if, and it kind of gets you in a more lighthearted, less pressure thing. So that's something that's been really helpful to me. Last question I am excited for. So what's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned from your career thus far? I think that when you think about work and how we were made to work and we spend a third of our lives or something working, you can get really tied into your work being your identity And you can get really upset if your work isn't making you happy because it's so much time in your life that you're working. So I'd say there are really, really, really good days Mm -hmm. with what you're doing. And there are really, really, really tough days with what you're doing. But what's cool about careers that is that you, you learn like where you are strong and where you're weak. You learn what, what, where you have idols and where you don't. Um, you learn how you can help people from what you're working, from the work that you're doing, and how you are actually causing grief for people. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Careers are so cool because they're almost like a makeover for your spirit since you spend so much time doing it. That's the coolest way I've ever heard it described. That's so cool. It's just really, it's, you can't do this much time, spend this much time doing something and not be transformed by it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think anyone should ever take a career lightly if they choose to pursue one ever. Yeah. It's not like a, oh, I want to be a mom or I want to have a career. Like being a mom is also a career in its, yes. way, its way, you know, and it will transform you. But if, if you want to do both, it, that will also transform you. Um, I just think there's such weight that comes with having a career. And if you really throw yourself into it, you can like, yeah, exactly. Be just totally transformed by it. Yes. Oh, 
that is a vision that I hold for what a career can be as well. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Constantine. <laughs> for can you, can you just please let it go for like, can I just wrap up this interview? Thank you so much. Oh wow. This so is funny. literally like my dream interview and my cat is like, <laughs> okay, what a joke. But I really, really appreciate all that you've shared and both in this interview and your work that is so purposeful. In, the eye, in my eyes and the eyes of many. Um, so I really appreciate your perspective and wisdom. So thanks for coming on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. I really, this has been the highlight of my day. Everybody go check Truth out <laughs> at thehonesttruth.com or on Instagram, right? Yes, also at thehonesttruth. It's the mm-hmm. best. If anything about the career path featured in this episode piqued your interest, don't stop here. Take what you've learned, critically examine any follow-up questions you might have, and network to your heart's content to get the answers that you'd like, as well as make meaningful contacts with professionals in that industry that might be able to help you get your foot in the door. If you have a friend who would love all the detailed insider info shared in this episode, don't forget to pass this episode along to them so we could create a network of people who are empowered with the information they need to confidently make satisfying career decisions that allow them to serve in the station in society they were meant for. Thank you to everyone who has supported this labor of love known as the job library by leaving a rating and a written review of this podcast. It sincerely makes all the difference to a budding podcast like this one. If you'd like to support the show, just join in by tapping the stars to leave a really quick rating and better yet, write a few words to leave a written review and subscribe. I hope you enjoy the other Benchable episodes now available to you in the Job Library series and tune in next Tuesday for a fresh batch of interviews with professionals in fascinating, unique, and influential positions. See you soon.